Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. All right. While well, we're here, here we are. Here I'm, we are. I'm here and Todd's there. Yeah. So how's everybody else doing? Everybody doing? Let's pause and pause will allow some answers. Pause for dead air. How's everybody Ooh. else doing? I don't hear anybody else. Anybody else out there? No. They left. Down in our bunker. They left their hearts in San Francisco along with, right. but we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. I forgot about TB. TB. Not Tom Brady. but. Um, Tom Brady probably did leave his heart in San Francisco. I guess he is from Northern California. That's true. But yeah. is Tom Brady actually Tony Bennett? Could hmm. be. The former coach of University of Wisconsin? No. So uh, <laughs> I guess he may be still the coach. I have no idea. Um, anyway, uh, Seahawks. So uh, anyway, thanks for listening. 12thmanrising.com, 12thmanrising.com. Uh, if you're listening for the voices, I am Doug. And with me is Steve. So, Steve, hey. hopefully you're doing okay. Hey. Uh, is that how Steve would talk? I don't think so. No, I don't think it's how Steve would talk. Steve's talking more like this. Steve is not participating in Seahawks training camp, which starts on the 26th of July. 26th of July movement in honor of the Cuban Revolution, I believe. Um, they always yeah. start on the 26th of July because that's when Castro and, and Shea were going over in the boats. A lot of people don't know that, but it's it's not it's not factual, but you can kind of surmise. <laughs> it's not case. I'm pretty sure you're right. It's not factual, but I mean, yeah. it's not. You know, they don't want to come out and say it, but uh, there's too much that adds up. They, there's a correlation. It's not like there's, a tweet, so it doesn't have to be factual. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's mountains involved. Anyway, so the Thank training camp know. starts uh, the 26th, and uh, the players in in uh, pitchers and catchers have to report on the 25th. A lot of people don't know that either. I believe that's also factual. On the 25th of July, so that's when all the players show up and shake hands. And then the next day is when it starts in full bloom. And, uh, you know, so a, a lot of stuff to start really looking forward to, especially when it comes to, like, is Jamal Adams participating at all? Like, actually on-field drills or anything? Does he look close to it? Jordan Brooks, right. surprisingly, even maybe closer than we think is what's he doing you know so that would is, be exciting yeah exactly um is the eskridge already limping around you know kind of stuff like that so harsh harsh but factual yeah. so, <laughs> um that's the word for the day i guess so uh anyway what uh, as far as training camp battles yes um is there are there any let, let's break it down by 30s so the first one through 30 go no. So anyway, seriously, what are your some of the training camp battles that you're possibly looking forward to watching on Seahawks.com? Absolutely none. Uh, outside corner. To me, that's the most interesting like third base, you mean? battle. Yeah, yeah. Will it be uh, Michael Jack Schmidt or will it be Georgie Porgy Brett? Um, Can I make the shortstop inside corner? Would he be the slot slot nickel? He would be the slot nickel, which would make sense, kind of. Maybe makes sense. Kind of. yeah. hey, it makes sense. Um, that that to me is the is the intriguing battle because everything else is kind of based on availability. Like, okay, who's going to play strong safety? Well, Jamal Adams, if he's healthy, there's no doubt about that. I mean, they'll figure things out, right? Plus, they want with everyone healthy, they want three safeties anyway. That's not a question. But you know, will Mr. Jackson be able to hold on? Uh, because that would be surprising to me. Actually, that would be more shocking to me if Spoon doesn't get the outside corner gig. Uh, but the band Spoon, I believe that would add too many players to the field, sir. We're 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 getting into the RGs too 
too early. We can't get there yet. Do you have a spoon um, song on there? That would be random. <laughs> that would be really random, and the answer is no. Um, got four cheap trick songs and in one Bachman Turner Overdrive. From everything we know about what Witherspoon has shown in college and what he looked like in OTAs, uh, it'd be kind of shocking if he didn't get the starting nod there. Uh, and, and again, you know, they've got candidates for the slot corner, which wouldn't be a slot corner, depending on who goes there, right? Because there's, there's even talk about, uh, I think I've got this right. There's even talk about uh, Julian. Julian Love. Yeah. yeah. Which would be which would, not which a would slot go corner. Back to what you were saying, which is the three safeties on the field, right, because right. then you've got Love to play the, if if that's what they want to do. Obviously, right. we're just speculating. And they're, they're not right. going to even show that in preseason, right? Like week one no. rolls around, it's going to look completely different. Like, oh, this is the actual plan. So don't freak out when it gets to be preseason. And they're like, well, this doesn't look blah, blah, blah. It's because they're not going to show their hand, obviously. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you got a the good point there is love sliding down into the slot, so you still have the three safeties, and you can always break out of that if the mm-hmm. offense does something else. I, I would be shocked if Jackson beats out Witherspoon, that's all. Uh, I, believe, I believe you can call him Mike or Michael. It's only Mr. Jackson if you're nasty, I believe. Well, I am indeed. Um, <laughs> but And I, I think if he does, it would be more a factor of just he's playing lights out Compared to, well, Witherspoon isn't what we thought he is. I think he's going to be everything they expect him to be. Which, And everybody said Jackson's played lights out so far. Right, exactly. So, wonderful problem to have. Yeah. Right? Uh, that compared be, to the last few years, especially. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing as if Adams is healthy, then it's like, okay, we have two starting strong safeties. Again, that would be a great problem to have. So yeah, let's, Let me interrupt for just a second, because we reflect back on last offseason season. And I don't think we talked about there. Maybe there wasn't enough talk in general about it, but Tariq Woolen obviously ended up exceeding expectations. So did Mike right. Jackson. Right. Who, who did we think was going to start at cornerback last year? I don't even remember having a discussion about it, but it's like it certainly wasn't like, oh, Woolen's going to have six picks and Jackson's going to. I can't even remember who they we expected to start. Yeah, uh, probably Kobe, Kobe Bryant. Bryant. Yeah, Kobe Bryant, because he did uh, for a bit. Um but I'm not sure who the other one was going to be. It is odd. I'm, I'm clearly we talked about it at some point, unless we're just well, never mind. We know we're stupid. But like, oh, they they just won't play any corners this year. They're going to play four safeties. <laughs> we probably uh, actually said that on the podcast. Probably did. Uh, yeah, it, it is an interesting difference, right? It's like, oh, they almost have too much talent in the defensive backfield. Uh, again, health depending, right? Right. Wonderful problem to have. Yeah, because Kobe Bryant is clearly the odd man out in this situation. And he wasn't he wasn't great, clearly. Right. But he he was decent. And, and to win championships, you can't just have decent players. And he was a rookie slot corner, too. Right. So right. Should be better right. this year. He should be better if he has a place to play. Right. <laughs> you know, so it was like, eh, we'll see. And obviously, we were Maybe they're going to have seven defensive backs. Ooh, that would, well, considering how the linebacking core could be, yeah, maybe they will. It's the new look. We're playing nickel dime and two pennies. I mean, actually, you know, the thing, same thing happens with with linebacker too, because it's you know, if if yeah. Jordan Brooks comes back and he's healthier than healthier, faster than people expect, then you've got one too many inside linebackers. Right. Again. I mean, you know, Bobby Wagner's going to start, obviously, and Brooks will start over Devin Bush if he's able to. Clearly, run yeah. as well as as he has, but yeah, that's and that's another good problem to have. Not like the yeah. Argonauts who struggle every year. I don't know how yeah. many times we we've, we've discussed the Toronto Argonauts inside linebackers, but they struggle a bunch. Every, every they probably year. got two Canadian Hall of Famers playing for them right now. It goes to show you, leaves yeah. an idiot. What's he talking about? They probably do. Um, but yeah, those are good problems to have. Is like because again. Uh, we're depend- we're talking about if two very important players come back, and you can argue is like mm, maybe they're not that important, but I mean that's exactly why they had to pick up Love and Bush, right? So mm, shouldn't have said it that way. <laughs> anyway, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny you even not that Love and Bush thing that was funny, but it's funny to say hear you say 
And maybe they're not that important because as weird as it is to say, and I know you didn't mean it literally as far as Jamal Adams goes, but in a way it's true. They've got Julian Love. It's like, right. Then which they had to get and they had to get Bush, right? Because of the possible injury situation and it's football. So injuries can happen to any other player too, but much better problems to have than what they had last season when it was like, well, we hope the rookies pan out by and large. The rookies panned out last season, so true. And and could we could see a couple of players like Tyreek Smith and Derek Young do? Yeah, well, Smith didn't really do anything, but Derek Young could take another. He could be wide receiver four, and that's that's one of the battles I'm I'm looking forward to. Yeah. and the offensive line because we again go back to the rookies. You could have two mm-hmm. rookies starting on the offensive line with Olu and and Bradford at, yeah. at right guard. You know, and Olu at mm-hmm. center. And and I think again, I think after the bye, I think they will. I don't have, actually, I don't think they will. I have no doubt that those two guys will be starting at least after the bye, if not. And hopefully it's one. because they've played better. It's not because the other two right, guys right. are just not doing anything. So. I, I don't I don't think that would be the case. I, don't, I mean, that it's not because the other two guys aren't up. I think it's just because these guys would be that much better. Right. Yeah. And, and if again, if they if they come in and I, I guess if I had if I had a guess and it's only a guess. I would assume that Olu would be the starting center week one. But I, I see your point too, which is completely valid. But I could see Olu beating, uh, you know, Evan Brown at center to oh, start. I can but I, 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 I don't think it will. But absolutely could happen. And probably yeah. most people think that's how it's going to play out. I just, yeah. I just think uh, it might take him a, a little longer. Um. Just because but, he's the center but, and he has to make the calls. Right, yeah. The line, so. But he's got the pedigree because that's all he's ever played. In he's college. just not very smart, though. I mean, he only went to Michigan <laughs> and Virginia. Yeah, exactly. Two two of the toughest schools to get in academically. Right. I mean, and and basically, yeah, offensive linemen have to be relatively intelligent. Yeah. Compar- comparatively so, but especially the center. And, I mean, this guy, he's, he's been training for this his entire not his entire life but you know basically this is what he's been working towards being a starting nfl center he when he was in every, kindergarten he like, needs ah, to do. the evan <laughs> brown guy nobody's heard of him yet okay he's, he's just in middle school himself but yeah. what i'm saying is yeah, um, evan brown i think is is better than some people are giving him credit for and that's the only reason oh, yeah. if, if evan brown wasn't there uh olu would be the starting center no and i don't mean that they wouldn't have anybody else but if, if Blythe was still there, and I'm not knocking Blythe, but Olu starts week one, absolutely no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Not in my mind over Blythe. And Blythe was okay. He wasn't terrible. Yeah, he got worse as the season went on. He got trucked a lot later. In the, yeah. Especially in important games. And, and he, was a, he was a sieve. He was like Andy McDowell in Four Weddings and a Funeral. <laughs> after after a while. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean... I'm looking forward to that because I think the offensive line by the end of the year yeah. is going to be good for the first time in a very long time and sustainable, sustainably good because right. all they need to do is really re-sign Damian Lewis, hopefully not the actor or the football player. Hopefully they'll do that, and then you know this offensive line could be set for the next three or four years. And I think it's going to be a good one. Um, they've got a first round draft pick on it, um, you know, which, you know, you saw always talk about, oh, the Cowboys offensive line so good. They're loaded up with first round draft picks. And I mean, it's like, mm, yeah, and, and they were good. But j- you don't have to have just first round draft. It's good to have one right. left tackle, which they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, Abe, Abe Lucas was underappreciated, obviously, going into the draft last year. And Lewis is what, a fourth round pick, former fourth round pick, I think. Um, third round pick. No, I'm somebody can look it up. 18th. But he he's a he, he was what eighteenth um he was picked just before Paul Moyer um but it was I think that uh, you know the the offensive line with the young guys as long as they gel and they're cohesive cohesive and I th- I think you have a good point too because if they do make the change during the bye week then that gives them another week to work in between games. On yeah. on building that cohesion a little bit more, um, but yeah, wide receiver four is. I mean, I think I think if Eskridge doesn't isn't playing well enough to make wide receiver four, I think they should just release him and save eight hundred, almost nine hundred thousand dollars, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's it could buy you a, a play. Absolutely, of veterans, it can be sure. critical. Yeah, yeah. Um. So 
Uh, that's is that enough Seahawks? But anyway, yeah, uh, not really, not really. As not far really. as so, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We can do this. Let's do this for us. Like next 15 minutes. Go ahead. No, no, no. After you, Macintosh. Um, so who is who is the run? Who is RB three? Not RG three because we know who RG three is. I was about to say uh, he's a quarterback, right? For uh, <laughs> um, he's uh, probably one of those guys who got laid off by ESPN. Yeah. Um, I I didn't realize they. It's way off subject, not what you're asking, but I didn't realize ESPN had also laid off Todd McShay. It's like, what? Did you know that? Are you joking? No, I'm serious. You're, you're not joking? They had so many high-level layoffs that he was one of they the layoffs. Off, they lay, no. Yeah, I'm, de- no, I'm not no. joking. You can this Google it. Thing, this is the kind of thing you always do. You make up some outrageous lie, and it's <laughs> to be true. Like, oh, by the way, the Earth exploded yesterday. I don't know why we're still here, but... And it like, did oh, in the like, movie oh, I saw. Uh, yeah, I imagine it did. Um, um, yeah. Todd, look at up Todd Todd McShay. I, I had. Oh my God! I can't. Oh my lord. Why he got? I, I'm surprised I didn't hear about that. Almost. Uh, I would Steve, think that would Steve be one Young. of the things. That's because yep, we've got yep, all this. Yep. Of, He's out. Yeah, um, isn't that crazy? That is absolutely insane. I mean, it was Mel Kiper and Todd McShay. Those were always the mocks you looked at ESPN, and then. That had to be a shock to him. And and I don't think it's I was gonna say arguably, but it's it's inarguable. McShay is the better of the two. Kuiper's got the name, but but McShay is uh, I think is more accurate and more spot on. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't dislike Mel Kuiper. I, mean, I don't was, at all. No. Yeah. But no. I, I I think Kuiper's the more entertaining. He has the more name recognition, so that's why they kept him. He's got the hair. He's the brand. You know, whereas McShay is was the guy who made it. Not saying the guy who made it work, because it, I'm not saying Kuiper's just like a puppet, because he's not. But that that's <laughs> that's really stunning. That's insane. Yeah. It's like why? Just take the S out of the. Just call it EPN at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, of all the, it's it's and well, and that's that's it, right? But they. Good they, lord. The the way they've changed the draft broadcast, and this goes for yeah. even NFL.com, but now they jump around so much, it's like this is yeah. not, I don't know, it's it's just fluff most of it. It used to be like, oh okay, they break down the pick, you know. Now they don't have time for that because they're jumping around so much. It's just like, yeah. anywho, uh, what was the question again? I have uh-huh. no idea. Oh, who's uh who's the running back, the third down back? Oh, um, although I don't know that they're really going to have a third now back. Who's 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 the third guy in the room? That's I, I still think you got to go with DJ, right? Just because he knows he knows the offense. And I'll, I like DJ, too. But, I, you oh, know, I it's too. it's it's a weird thing because I think Macintosh DJ's contract is up right after this year. So with yeah. Macintosh, it's like you have to figure out if he can play. So right. they may end up splitting. But, you know, and as well as the the Seahawks stay healthy at running back every year, yeah, one of yeah, the DJ or McIntosh right. are going to start at least one game, probably. Probably, yeah. Which, and as you said last year, DJ is, we both like DJ a lot, but he is not, he is not the Bill Kyle running back, and he never will be. Right. Um, and I'm not, Although he did look stronger at times last year when he was running through between the tackles. Yeah, but he's not a. Starting right, whereas Macintosh could be, and that's that's why I think uh, I think it'd be Macintosh. I Macintosh, I I still think Macintosh might surprise a lot of people. He might wind up being number two, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess well, nothing. Chris Carson I, was a seventh round pick and was a starter, clear starter, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, of course, and you know we've talked about it, and it's like there that was a different situation too because he was not going up against the uh, same talent level. Seahawks thought he was going up against the same talent level, but turned out he wasn't. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. There, there are going to be some interesting position battles for certain, especially a quarterback because Gino just hasn't proven anything, and he's not a top ten quarterback clearly according according to the media. It's well according to a lot of twelves. So we'll still post stuff, you know, and I see this just on social media and like. There's the, still a bunch of 12s out there. Oh, Gino sucks. It's like, 
is that are you just saying that as a knee jerk reaction to any time anytime somebody says something positive about him because it's not again factual it's based on 2022 Gino does not suck now he he at the end of the last season second half of last season he had to do a little bit too much and his numbers dropped right right, right. he still wasn't he just still didn't suck I mean he was still exactly. a good quarterback exactly if you look at his numbers in the second half and that's why people are some people are down on him it's like exactly what you just said he was still a good quarterback he wasn't yeah, a phenomenal quarterback in the second half but again that was because he was forced to do more than what he was comfortable doing and i think if he's in that same situation this season i think he'll be much better yeah he's got more weapons but i mean just that that uh throw that he made against the rams to win in week 17 or week 18 yeah todd uh, just sent me a is that a real thing that's cheeto. a real thing cheeto catch a flavor cheetos and they are shaped like maple leaves <laughs> yes i am um, that's uh that canadians really like their ketchup um, <laughs> yes they do <laughs> but uh that's weird i mean i would do it if it was mayonnaise okay but cheeto flavored mayonnaise you would do it if it was mayonnaise that's i would do it yeah Mm, anyway yeah but uh but yeah i i mean i just think i think that's what we're you know where we're headed with it but um but anyway i got thrown off by the ketchup yeah ketchup, ketchup threw you off it did yeah, i'm not a huge fan of ketchup not like mayonnaise yeah there, yeah, are, I, there are probably mayonnaise flavored chips because i I have a bag of beer flavored potato chips as well. I can see that. Actually, Guinness makes potato yeah, chips. Yeah, that's true. They do. They do. That's true. Um, <laughs> and there's a whiskey flavored chip, which makes sense if if you think about it. Um, so I, I'll just name a couple of players each as far as who we think will exceed. And again, training camp starts this week. So hopefully none yeah. of these players will get injured in any kind of way. But two players who we think will exceed expectations and like we were just talking geno smith far exceeded expectations and and i think you know if he's he should be he may play just as well but he may look better simply because he's got more weapons now right with a, a legit wide receiver number three and uh, a backup uh, zach charbonnet as far as a running back and then you know it's it's just a matter of everybody staying healthy at this point. And if it goes back to the receiver, and I know I'm jumping off the subject I just brought up, but if if something <laughs> happens at receiver with Metcalf or Lockett, I feel like Smith and Jigba can jump in. We're not hopefully really losing much, especially when if it's – and again, I never want Tyler. I want Tyler Lockett to be part of every down of every game. But if he were yeah. – he's more like Smith and Jigba – then Metcalf's just kind of out there on his own as far as stature and what he can do. Then I think Smith yeah. and Jigma is much more, you know, makes more sense to replace Lockett if, if it comes to that. But hopefully oh, yeah. everybody will stay healthy. Um, but I do, I think as far as exceeding expectations, I, I, I do think Noah Fant's going to have a really big year finally because he knows it's his walk year. Um, he's a free agent after next year. And I think he's, he almost more than Smith and Jigbo is going to see a lot of one-on-one coverage. It's going to see a ton of one-on-one coverage when he's on the field. And, and Fant has the ability as like a receiver light. I mean, he's, he's an okay blocker, but really he can catch. He just needs more opportunities. So I think offensively it's going to be, and I just feel like Michael Dixon. No, I'm just kidding. But um, I, yeah, offensively it's, it's going to be him. And I think, I think defensively, I think Jaron Reed has kind of a, a, a bigger year because teams are going to focus on other things. I, I think he gets closer to seven or eight sacks this year just because, you know, he's never really done that except for once. He's had a right. 10-sack season and then another season where he had, what, six, I think. But I think he gets seven or eight this year because that's going to be his role with this team. He's he's there to help with run support, sure, but but I think a lot of teams are going to focus on Draymond Jones and and whatever else, and I think Jaron Reed's going to be a little bit more freed up, and I think he, he has a, a better season than most people expect. Uh, my surprises are Jackson Smith and Jigba, and no. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm going to go to a different tight end. I actually think Colby Parkinson will be a surprise. Not not that he's going to have a breakout, because he's not. A Sean right? Alexander-type season. <laughs> Colby Parkinson, 107 catches. Um <laughs> 18 touchdowns. 85 I, I, touchdowns. I, I think he'll have the uh, the 
the relative breakout year at, at tight end. Um, because unfortunately, I think Uncle Will will get injured at some point. Although he's been healthy for relatively. Yeah, for, except for the for very time. end of, yeah. Yeah, After those first two years where he missed yeah. more than half the season, and then last year he missed the final two games in the yeah. playoff game, he's been healthy. Yeah, but I think because the, the opportunities Parkinson got, he was extremely productive, and I, I think uh, Parkinson will have a, a pleasant season, a quite pleasant season, which considering he's really the third tight end, I, I think, uh, like for instance, I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up leading the tight ends in receptions. I just, because yeah. I just think that could, that's what's going to happen with him. He seems poised for that. And for him, that would be a breakout year. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I, I, it's it's really stupid, but I swear I almost kind of want to – well, I'm just going to say it because it makes no sense. Jarek – not Jaron, but Jarek Reed. And we were just talking about how how full and how stuffed the defensive backfield is, right? But I think at some point, somehow, and he shouldn't because he's undersized, right? Right. Yes. But you know what? I'm sorry. I can't say it. I'm going to change that. Because it just. Well, uh, actually, just, I was going to jump on that and say, you know, he's a little undersized, but he almost plays with the same kind of he does. velocity and, that, and smartness that Ryan Nil did. And Ryan Nil certainly exceeded expectations. And, and that's the thing, because he is, because they love the guy. And. and Pete Carroll loves everybody. Pete Carroll loves the guy who brings in his bubble gum. I mean, you know, because that's he actually he, probably does love that guy. Um, he probably loves that guy more than Bobby Wagner. I mean, it's his gum. But, you know, because injuries are going to happen. We know injuries are going to happen. And like you were just saying about Chris Carson, right? It's like, I, I just have a feeling about this guy because he's just, he just seems, he seems like a Seahawks player because he's so intense and he plays with that. This makes it sound like the other guys are just kind of like lackadaisical. It's like, I'm going to punch the clock and we show up on the field. But no, this Quandre guy, Diggs does not show any emotion. On the field. <laughs> yeah, he does, right? <laughs> I just think that something's going to happen. And and again, I don't think he's going to wind up even being a starter. He may get a couple of starts. But there's just something about this guy that I'm in. You'll go back and play the clip at the end of the season and say, <laughs> Remember, remember that guy that got cut halfway through training camp? He's, he's going to have a break. But I just think somehow he's going to come through and uh, have a surprising, again, not a big year, but again, looking at their defensive backfield, that would be a surprise. But I just think uh, he's going to show out on special teams in a good way. Oh, I agree. Yeah, and, I agree with that 100%. And he's going he's gonna to wind up playing key roles in some games, like – I don't, I don't see him making a game-saving interception, but I see him making a game-saving uh, forcing a fumble like a couple times because he just he just seems like that kind of guy to me. Anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> I like it. So moving on from Seahawks talk, that's we're like 27 minutes in the Seahawks. That's a new record. So That is, that is a record. Of course, it'll change a little bit starting next week and then weeks after that. It'll be a yeah. lot more Seahawks. But, oh, uh, less, less Seahawks. Less, did you say less and less Seahawks? Less, less Seahawks. Yeah, by the time we're up to doing a recap of the first game, it's like six minutes. That's right. That's like, right. That, was nice. that was a nice win. Oh, anyway, and the final score so let's was talk about this blah. Movie. Tell me, let's talk. <laughs> um, so, well, before we get into movies, um, have you, um, I know you, Todd is now a transplanted, transplanted? Todd is, is now not unofficially, officially a Canadian. I am in Canada, yes. And uh, you left, and and I believe your quote is, I don't want to be in Miami when that messy guy arrives. And I, I thought you meant the True. soccer player, and you actually meant the guy who just spills the food all over his face. But anyway. Yeah, so it's messy. Messy, you, you were recently near Miami, lived near Miami. And Messi, of course, played his first game with the Miami Major League Soccer team and had a free the free kick and, and scored and it was fabulous and everything, which uh, I'm not saying it's scripted, but it, but, you know. but it's scripted. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not scripted. It's not but. scripted, but you know, it's like, oh, okay. So, yeah. I, I mean, he's still, he's still, he's, he's not old, old. And, and that's one good thing. I mean, he's still young enough to be a very good player. I mean, Argentina just won the world cup last year, yeah. but you know, he's, he's so much better than anybody else in major league soccer. It wouldn't be surprising if he puts a ridiculous amount of goals, but just speaking culturally, as far as Messi going to Miami, what was that like? 
It was great because I wasn't there. Uh, without a doubt, it was. They made a major, pun intended, deal of it. As, as you would think they would, because it's arguably. Is it arguably, or is it just an absolute fact? He's the best player in the world, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, it's a new team, relatively new team. They're working in a new stadium, and like, oh, and oh, by the way, I, I mean, it's the equivalent of Tom Brady, literally the equivalent. I think we talked about this. The equivalent of Tom Brady ten years ago. It's like, yeah, I think I'll go play in the USFL. Right. What? But I mean, I mean, besides him, just as a player, for him specifically no, no, yeah, going to cultural, Miami. Yeah, but it's that cultural impact. Is like he's coming to our town. Is like, well, what the hell happened? And he's play, he's playing in the play our town too. And that's weird. Yeah. Well, what role he's gonna play? He's he's multi talented, best. Um, I'll be curious to see how what the attendance is like because Miami is. It's a wonderful city. It is also one of the worst sports towns on the planet. Because um, they got other stuff going on. They got other right? stuff going on. Uh, the heat attendance is good, but mm, it's inside. I guess that makes sense, right? It's it's inside, and that's that's one of the things too. And I I don't know. Um, it's just mine is just a weird weird sports town. You would think that. The tennis for soccer would be uh, perfect, and I don't. I am assuming it was sold out. That would be insane. yeah. Well, it was sold out. The tickets have skyrocketed. They were like yeah. yeah. I would hope. I would hope they'd be sold out for the entire season. But uh, baseball's pretty popular in the Latin culture, and the Marlins generally don't do well in attendance, even when they're winning World Series before they sell off the team. So. But I mean, that's but that's the messy effect too. Um, you know, you've you've got the superstar of the entire sport globally, and all of a sudden he's playing. And like uh, if Otani decided to sign with the Marlins, and Otani was Cuban, because like, I think that would help too, or Nicaraguan or whatever, uh, I, I think their attendance would change for the Marlins as well. So, I mean, you know, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were billboards in West Palm Beach about Miami's uh, MLS team, about Andrew Miami and about Messi coming. So I can't imagine <laughs> how many uh, billboards there are in Miami about it. Right. I mean, I, I mean, I was down there in March. That was the last time I was down in Miami for a few days. And there are there were already billboards going up. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure that's, as far as sports goes, that's got to be the big story in Miami. I mean, yeah, Dolphins training camp obviously is, is coming up. And the question is, I'm sure you've seen the meme is like, hey, we're 50 days away from Tua going on uh, concussion protocol, but, <laughs> which is savage, but accurate. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's got to be the, the biggest story in Miami, uh, easily. It should be. Yeah. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully, is it? Uh, I, I mean, I have no reason not to wish them well. It would be shocking if they don't at least do well in the playoffs, let alone win. But you know, if, if they make it, players, they're kind of struggling. I wonder yeah, how good uh, Toronto's. Toronto has a major league soccer team as well, right? So. Yeah, I don't. I that I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Yeah, I mean, uh, while well, you're going to all the sporting events um, this week, I think. You're even going to the Super Bowl this week, if I remember correctly. Yeah, this week, yeah. Yeah. You'll have to tell us who's playing. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. You can tell us who's playing next week. So, uh, and then we want to give a shout out, of course, to the the women's side. The, the World Cup, Women's World Cup is happening in New Zealand currently, and the United States won their first uh, match three three to nil. How, sh- how shocking that the U.S. women are winning. Yeah, I mean they've had several several changes, but um, yeah. still should be a high level. This would be the the first time ever that a, a women's team national team has won three straight World Cups. So hopefully that'll be the case. I mean there's other good teams out there. They have the Netherlands yeah. coming up next, and that should be a tougher match. Um, they started off against 
we don't want to break any news, but it was you and I. And um, even though yeah. the score was only three to nothing, it was because that was a minute in and we were like, no, we're, we're good. We're kind of I think I've already re-pulled my calf. And they were like, oh, see you later. Would it, so, would it take them a minute to score three goals? I don't think it would take a minute to, for them to score. Well, because once you remember when they scored the first goal, you were the goalie and you picked the ball up and held it for 35 seconds. And then they yeah. scored again. And then you held it again, I think, for 20 seconds. So really, it was three goals in about five seconds. So, but you that would know, be accurate. That would we be did accurate. our best. And then, uh, I guess since since we've had a podcast, Carlos Alcaraz won Wimbledon, and um, uh, in five sets, fantastic match, just as it should have been. So now he's like, he was already re- taking off a lot, but now he's exploded. He's he's the oh, alpha yeah. in tennis. Currently, I, I will say this too. Really? As far as people not caring, quote unquote, not caring about women's sports, the lob and smash site that I do, I do stuff for there too. Um, the top three by far, the top three um, uh, articles that we've put out this month in July, mm-hmm. all about women on the W18. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, it's not even close. I mean, huh. they have like, it's, yeah, and I don't know. I mean, there's people writing about both men's and women's side, but I think the women's, especially tennis, gets underappreciated by like, oh, I just care about, no, it's like, no, people care about Naomi Osaka, you know, and she's not oh, even yeah. playing. And they, and they care about uh, Zviontek and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, to, those are pretty compelling stories, right? And they are, and to some extent, they are beyond on the court. So I can see why those would be popular, but it's nice to hear that people are interested, that they care about that. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I did see Oppenheimer yesterday and Todd is still waiting to see it at the IMAX theater, yes. hopefully in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, haven't seen the Barbie film, um, the Barbie box office. I may go see Barbie today. I don't know yet. Depending. Um, 155 domestically. That counts Canada. Does that count Canada? Is it North American box office? Mm, I think no. It should just be US. United States. About, yeah. That's a crazy opening. Holy cow. Yeah, almost. And this, I didn't know <clears> this <throat> until yesterday. So it's a 300 million, I think, worldwide or close to it, right? Or maybe even more than that. This is the first weekend ever box office history that's had one film open at more than 100. And another film open at more than 50. Did you know that? I did not know that until you said that yesterday, which is. Did I say that yesterday? I was drinking. I probably said a lot of things. And and Oppenheimer looks like it's actually going to open over 75, which is. Yeah. Right. Which is crazy for a three hour film because you can't have can't have that many three hour film about Oppenheimer. It's not like. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not a messy documentary. You know, it's Oppenheimer. it's, It's not a three hour Marvel film and I, I love marvel films i'm not dogging i'm just saying it's not the most popular like oh my god yeah there's <laughs> i mean you just say it was like i was obviously a lot of people have been looking forward to this uh mainly obviously because it's christopher nolan uh, true early buzz is that i've seen a few critics said this is his best film ever and if that's the case holy cow uh what do you think is it his best film ever and if not why is it so god awful? Um, so it was it was horrible for a lot of reasons. Um, no, <laughs> well, it should it should be horrible in some ways, right? <laughs> well, another point of the movie. <laughs> so I, I, all cards on the table. I, I saw Oppenheimer, and I then I thought I was going to see Barbie, uh. but I was really confused because the the Ryan Gosling character looked a whole lot like he was trying to protect a female and he, hmm. it was called drive Barbie. I don't know what this is, but anyway, um, <laughs> now that's the mashup the world deserves. Killing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, drive Barbie. If anybody hasn't seen drive, watch it today. It's a fine film. Nothing to do with Barbie. No, uh, Oppen, Oppenheimer was, um, it's everything uh, people, as far as on the positive end, say it is it's fantastic film is it his best film i mean it's kind of it's personal preference right it's like it's yeah it's it's like oh i really like uh this first uh you know sergeant peppers was a fantastic album but it really perils in comparison to revolver it's like they're both great right so it's like yeah it is just enjoy both of them we don't have to come compact uh, contrarian 
contraire. I'm making up words. Contrast and compare. Well, in this situation, I'm, I'm use that later today. I'd like to contraire this um, document. Um, but uh, but yeah, anyway, it's uh, it's fantastic. Uh, there's no it, I, at the end of it, because it's legit three hours at the end of it. I, I thought to myself, this felt like an hour and a half. Oh, that's really good news. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's a three hour film at all. There's no downtime. I mean, it's not constantly intense. It's just it keeps yeah. your attention. There's no. There's no moments that aren't attentive worthy, attention worthy. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's fantastic. The acting is all everybody in it is fabulous. Um, you know, it it it's ex- just extremely extremely well done. Um, and and I'll just say that because I'm we'll talk about it more in a couple of weeks after you've seen it. Um, and just just see what you think. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Killian Murphy is 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 fantastic. I mean, he embodies the role. But you know, um, Nolan's direction is it's more than him being a director, right? I mean, he has control over every aspect of that film. Right. Um, and it's it's you can tell that, and it's great, and it's got all his fingerprints that you would normally like in a Christopher Nolan film. Um, it was a little weird when Oppenheimer started writing stuff on his arm because he couldn't remember stuff. But. <laughs> I was like, this is the guy that created the, the um, guy kept following him everywhere. Um, actually, that's kind of true, but oh well, yeah, it would it would it would fit. Like, who knew? I was like, Nolan probably was like thinking of, you know, someday I'm going to make a biography about Oppenheimer. So let me let me make this film, which is like a meta statement on that, um, right. and probably did for God's sakes. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and then it's like there's 30. No world, 70 millimeter, true IMAX screens, theaters, and I happened to move to one, to a city that has one of them. I was like, oh, I think I'll wait for that. I actually, I'm thinking about just going to see it like, like the, like the poor people do on, in a digital presentation. (laughs) I just got to really want to see the film and then go see it as it was intended to be shown by God. And it's not even visually, it's, it's sonically is why it would be so fantastic in IMAX as well. Which which makes sense. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. The the sound, the sound deserves the Oscar like right now. It's just incredible. I'm really looking forward to seeing Barbie mainly because Ben Shapiro recorded a 42 or 43 minute, 43 minute uh, rant about how awful Barbie is and how it's going to destroy civilization. (laughs) <laughs> and as and as I said, oh, that's 42 minutes and 45 seconds longer than he destroys his wife. Um, I that's funny. I, uh, I so when I went to see the film Oppenheimer at 4 p.m. Eastern time yesterday, um, it was the busiest I've ever seen Tinseltown. Wow. That's Not awesome. even close. But that's it was awesome. also because Barbie was because playing. Because Barbie, so of course. Yeah. But there, I mean, yeah. Oppenheimer was sold out. The theater was sold out. But yeah. um but I had never seen so much pink at <laughs> theater. Sure. It was people were taking photos in front of the movie poster, like inside the theater. It was just insane. What's so funny is because it, obviously a lot of people are going because oh, it's Barbie. Woo. So cute. But then, and neither of us have seen the film yet, but from everything you read, we're both well, in it as bit actors. Um, yeah. Just, well, just I'm to, actually, playing skipper so i don't know you're playing ken you're playing one of the thousand kins and i'm playing one of the thousand barbies um but the, the fact that someone like ben shapiro is ranting against it tells you it's not just about dolls you know it's about society <laughs> and you know it's a statement on on how barbie is uh, you know uh, was uh, you know seen as oh this is a role model and it's like no <laughs> so right that's that's the point of the film. I mean, Greta Gerwig's the director, and she's not going to make some fluff piece. So people are coming to see it as a fluff piece. And I, I, having not seen the film, I have a feeling you can probably just see it as that, if that's what you want. But right, it, it, yeah, that's what I've heard too. And, and that's why it's obviously such a such a phenomenon, really, at this point. And then Oppenheimer, um, it's Christopher Nolan film, and of course. Nolan has his legion of fans for virtually everything he does, even for films that you cannot understand at all, even if you've seen them twice. Thank you, Tenet. And sometimes can't understand what the people are saying. Thank you, Tenet. But <laughs> uh, Jesus, I wish you'd stop doing that. Uh, but and 
Oppenheimer has a lot to say, obviously. Uh, Oppenheimer himself did. That's why Nolan made the film. But uh, I just we were, we've been talking about it before. It's like I can't imagine two more diametrically opposed films. Just uh, everything about them. And right. for them to come out on the same weekend and people to be flocking to them, that's just. And then both to be uh, legitimately well-made films. Yeah. It, bizarre, but they will probably be battling at the Oscars, which <laughs> sounds yeah. like a joke, but seems like that would be the case from everything sure. I've read about Barbie and from what you've said about Oppenheimer. Yeah. I mean, Napoleon comes out later this year. That'll probably get some. Have you seen the trailer for Napoleon? I saw it before Mission okay, Impossible. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say I am extremely underwhelmed. Uh, is it is it because you're a big I fan of, of Waterloo? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Both it just little. doesn't show it in the right light. Uh, I uh, This is not as pretty as I... Uh, but um, I... I, and I, I I thought it was more of a teaser instead of a full-on trailer, I think. It was like, oh, here's Joaquin Phoenix, says Napoleon. To me, it looks like, oh, I'm going to put Joaquin Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix, not Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, kind of. I'm going to put Joaquin in a generic period drama. Thanks, Ridley. I've seen that like 80 times. I don't want to see it again. To me. Saw that with Colin Farrell. That gave me nothing. Yeah, right. It gave me nothing to be excited about. Literally nothing. I, I mean, that's why I, the film may be great. And there have been times when, because they don't want to give away too much, although I don't know how you can give away too much about Napoleon. I mean, we kind of know what happened. Well, he's a vampire in this film. I don't know if you know that. I would like that better than what I saw in the teaser. Um, <laughs> it's the Renfield version of, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just. I, I was just like, really? This is what you chose to show? Because like, it was. It was boring. And I, I don't know how Ridley Scott can film, can, how there could be enough footage in a Ridley Scott film to do two minutes of boring. <laughs> but it was. I just, God, that was awful. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be before I it comes out. I have a feeling and... it's going to be good. And they'll do a much better trailer. But that was just such a generic. I mean, it was it was almost like, oh, next on Lifetime. It's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? <laughs> it, I mean, you have Joaquin Phoenix, and there's nothing in there that I couldn't have done. Why are you showing him just like basically standing? Uh, wow. That was bad. Anyway. And he keeps like putting his hand in his jacket and back out. And like, What's he doing? <laughs> wish he, um, I wish he had done that. It's like and he pulls out something. some flowers sometimes. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's once, 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 once it was a rabbit, but it was a black rabbit, not a white rabbit. That was the switch. Um, Steve Martin is Napoleon. Um, and he does that, that thing. But uh, anyway, yes. Napoleon. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Oppenheimer and Barbie right. and the other stuff at some point. I guess I am. I don't know. The other I... stuff? Is there other stuff? There's all this other stuff. You know, I'm really looking forward to speaking of other stuff. The Rob Gordons. <laughs> <laughs> A pregnant pause gave birth to the Rob Gordons. I yes, I'm looking I forward saw, to it. Sorry, I saw Mission Impossible. I know you saw it, but but I liked it. I thought it was really well done too. Just, just my two yeah. cents, real quick. Yeah, I enjoy. I really enjoyed it. It's it's a popcorn film, and I'm not disappointed because that's all the. There's no popcorn in that film. I don't think anybody's eating popcorn. I don't think that's factual. There's this one scene with Haley Atwell. It looks like she's got popcorn like stuck in her teeth. She can uh, eat whatever I, she wants. She's still very good looking. She's Haley Atwell. Um, no, I really enjoyed it, and I'm not disappointed in it at all. But it, to me, it just kind of shows how good uh, Top Gun Maverick is. Because that is a film that had every Top reason. Top Gun just, Maverick. What is, is that? A, who is that? What is that? It's, it's a, that's a cover band. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Okay. They cover all the music from the movie Maverick with yeah, uh, Mel do. Gibson. Yeah, they do. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Be, I'll have to check them out. That would be strange. Uh, any- People are strange when you're a stranger. So, uh, yeah, the Rob Gordons yeah. are. <laughs> yeah, the Rob Gordons indeed are. The Rob Gordons are the five best acoustic. Let me try that again. Are they? The five best acoustic versions of songs by the band or at least band members 
who previously released the electronical digitized louder version of the same song. And I'll go first because you came up and I don't have any honorable mentions on this. This was a little bit trickier, but because yeah. I usually I listen to a lot of loud music and, and yeah. I usually go the opposite. And I always think to myself, if I covered this, it would sound a lot more like Slipknot than it does like the Carpenters. Um, but uh, but so, yeah, I did come up with five. That's actually true. I'm thinking, man, this is I would make this really heavy. So go, going back the other way, it's like I, I appreciate just, it. I'm thinking I, if Slipknot covered the Carpenters, I would buy that. Okay. <laughs> I. Uh, Oh, by the way, if you've never seen Slipknuts before uh, that Conan O'Brien did, have you, do you know what I'm talking about? I have not, and I'm afraid to. <laughs> so it was three guys, three writers on Conan's show who Slipknot had been on the show. Actually, the first first broadcast, the first time they were on American television, Slipknot was on the Conan O'Brien show. And so um, he, somebody at the writers missed heard slipknot for slipknuts and they had no idea because slipknot was just starting out so they didn't know who they who they were so they came up with the slipknuts bit which is they just sing the song and they say literally they say the same thing over and over i mean it's it's annoyingly funny and that's the point of it but um but uh anyway the the band Corey taylor the singer for slipknot and and other band members had heard about the slipknuts thing and they just thought it was hilarious because it's, it's which is funny because you would think, ah, oh, nothing has nothing to do with the band other than it's kind of close to the name of the band. So they, they actually liked it so much that they were like, oh, you need to come out to one of the shows and open open one of the shows. And so uh, so they did and they they showed up to I don't know what show it was, but <laughs> they, so wrong. They, they were like, I, I know. Right. And they they on the speaker. So I've seen Slipknot several times in concert, and they always play the same ACDC song before they come on, which is something Kiss does with a Who song. So it's just something some bands do. But um, anyway, the announcer on this said, ladies and gentlemen, Slipknot. And of course, it was Slipknuts that came out, and people just started booing and getting really pissed. <laughs> oh, um, my God. <laughs> And you don't. This is you can't find this. I don't think on on YouTube or whatever. But you can find lots of Slipknot stuff. But um. But anyway, and the band just thought that was hilarious too. And they had told them beforehand, like, hey, you're probably gonna have a lot of pissed off people just FYI. And they're like, oh, that's cool. We'll do it anyway. Um. But then they went off stage, and the band was like, you probably need to leave the arena <laughs> completely just FYI. Oh, um. But um. Scary. But they they thought it was hilarious. But anyway, Slipknuts. I have no idea how we even started talking about that. Oh, uh, anyway, acoustic and versus electric. So yeah, anyway, that's so this list was. Okay. Bit, <laughs> I was like, I totally forgot what we were even talking about. That's like the fourth time this show I've done that. So uh, this is in no order whatsoever. So uh, number five for me is is No Surrender by Bruce Springsteen. I, I like Springsteen. No Surrender is not a. I mean, he's not he's not a heavy metal guy, obviously, but yeah. he is rock, um, clearly. But no surrender. He, he does a uh, an acoustic version of that, which is shows more of like the the melancholy of the lyrics, and it's just fantastic. So, um, and you can on mine. I'm sure the same with yours. You can find any of these on YouTube. Just YouTube acoustic no pretty surrender, much, whatever. Yeah, pretty much the same on mine. And and to me, you nailed it. Uh, for all of these, basically, the the acoustic version. You slow it down. You strip it down. So there's more attention to the lyrics and the song is slowed down so you can focus more on the lyrics. And it brings to me, it brings out the emotional depth of what the song is about in every case. Uh, and I don't really have any particular order either. Uh, so I'll start with Layla, Eric Clapton. And that was one of the earlier when he did his unplugged thing yeah. for, for uh, VH1. And back when VH1 actually played music, I don't even know it's a thing anymore. But same thing, right? You slow it down, you strip it down. And the focus is on what the song is, what the lyrics are about. I shouldn't, shouldn't say what the song is about because obviously the music is part of what a song is about as well. But uh, it really refocuses the song. And for me, in some cases, it changes the meaning of the song, which I'll get to in a, in a bit. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I can I can see that. Maybe that's or maybe and it, I don't know if that's the case with the song you're going to bring up. But sometimes I wonder if if the artist themselves thinks the song has been uh, was misinterpreted when they originally released it, yeah, so they change it. Um, 
Yeah. So uh, number number four for me again is there's no real ranking. Is yeah. I kind of cheated with this a little bit, but uh, Ben Folds has a song called uh, Fred Jones Part Two, which is about eh, kind of about uh, retiring after it's really about the end of life kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of a, a more somber song anyway. Right. But but when he does it, he does a he's done several tours where it's just Ben Folds and his piano. I mean, that's literally what the tour is called. So it's just him and the piano. He's a fantastic piano player. Um, but when he plays Fred Jones part two on that, it just really hits home again. What the, what the meaning of the the song right. is. Um, and because as you said, the lyrics stand out even more and, you know, there's not like a rock piano on, on this song. He does it in other songs, but this one is just like, Oh, it's, it's just, it's very sad, but it's poignant and it's important at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and again, it goes to. Well, I, I'm just going to jump to "Living on a Prayer" Bon Bon Jovi. I don't really care for Bon Jovi. Um, they're fine, whatever. But the first time I saw, I feel, they're like it's hard to dislike John Bon Jovi. He seems like a good. Oh team. no, He's John just Bon like, Jovi is like, awesome. And, and yeah. the, the band is fun, but it's not one of my favorite bands. Yeah, it's just like, eh, it is. It exists. But their their acoustic cover, uh, their acoustic version of Living on a Prayer, and I think they did this before, but the first time I saw it uh, was one of the concerts for 9-11. And it takes on a very different meaning in that context. Right, and they, especially they did, from a New Jersey band. Exactly. They didn't change the. There's no word is different. They didn't change a single word at, with any of these. They didn't. The lyrics are the same, but the 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 meaning of the song is just phenomenal. Yeah. Um. So number three for me is um, <clears throat> No Surprises by Radiohead. Uh, they do a. There's a. I think a 2003 acoustic you can find on YouTube. But it's another song where it's like. On the studio version, it's it's not a. It's not a aggressive song but on the studio version um in the video the original videos it's very interesting people should watch it but um it's it's almost overproduced and i don't like to say that about a radiohead song because their their productions are are meant for a, a reason right but on this one it's it's almost it almost detracts from the vocal um ability of tom york uh but when you yeah. do the acoustic obviously it does i mean you're doing it right then and there right you don't overproduce acoustic music that's not possible um but his lyrics his lyrical ability just kind of or his vocal ability just kind of <clears> stands <throat> out more on on the acoustic version and uh, similar for me and this is a bit of a cheat because this is soundgarden and soundgarden didn't do the acoustic chris cornell solo but Basically, you're still talking to the original artist and it's Black Hole Sun and exactly the same thing. I mean, you talk about vocal ability, right? Uh, and one of the greatest, not just rock vocalists, one of the greatest vocalists ever. Then it really comes out. It really comes out. And and somehow the song is even more somber. I don't know how that happens, but it does. And it's just it's. Song about suicide, anyway. So it's, it's almost it's almost a crushing experience listening to the acoustic version, but it, it's yeah. phenomenal, and he sounds absolutely. Well, especially amazing. since it's about suicide, and he ended up killing himself, right? So it right. makes it more poignant as well. Right. Um, number two for me, nah, yeah, number two for me is uh, "Disarm" by Smashing Pumpkins, which again is on the studio album. It's it's got strings and it's a, not an aggressive song. It's it's kind of would be perfectly have done well if it was on the studio album as an acoustic song. But um, when you cut out the strings, which seem almost superfluous at times, and it's just the acoustic, it's really just Billy Corgan and his acoustic guitar with the song. It just sounds yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my number two is uh, almost sounds silly. Uh, but uh, one of one of the most famous videos ever is Take On Me. Uh, uh, the acoustic version of the song, you know, because there's this light, poppy, jumpy tune and the acoustic version, very stripped. It's an acoustic version. Obviously, it's stripped down. But this, the pacing of the song, it's probably half as fast. And you can really listen to, to the lyrics. And it is just. 
it's, it's just it's just, it just becomes this heartrending song, uh, which you don't get. <laughs> We're making just, acoustic music sound great, aren't we? It's like, oh, if you want to be sad. <laughs> but and, and it's not that it want to be sad. It's because you want to feel. That's what music is for. Music is meant to me is meant to make you. I agree. It's meant to make you connect. Should be emotive. And to me, the acoustic versions of these songs, at least, you connect more deeply with the song and what the artist is saying. And to me, it's not the best example because I, I, I do have a number one on this one. Uh, but it, it's it's a completely, completely different song, even though it's exactly the same song. Yeah. Mine is the tw- for number one is 27 minute version of Inagata De Vita. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I would love an acoustic version of that. <laughs> it's just one acoustic guitar. Minutes. There's not even, even vocals on it. Um, as, you know, as you know, that is the song that will be played at my funeral. <laughs> The, the yeah. Anyway, a, a never-ending funeral. That's that's a good. That's actually good. Pretty sweet. Um, number one for me is um, uh, one of my favorite bands ever, Manic Street Preachers, and it's Life Becoming a Landslide. It's not the Fleetwood Mac song. That's their own song, and it's called Life Becoming a Landslide. And it's it's not um it live. It they do things with it live, like they actually speed up because the later you get in the song, you can really make it heavier and they do sometimes live mm-hmm. but they also have just an acoustic version of it which again it's 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 melancholy i don't want to say sad so yeah. but it's it's extremely melancholy but it brings out more about the essence of the song in the acoustic version yep and and that's what we're talking about the fact that it brings out really brings out the essence the essence too because the essence sometimes you've got to take out the essence um, and my number one, and it is my number one, is uh, Foo Fighters Everlong. Uh, a lot of people have other Foo Fighters because they've done fabulous acoustic versions. But uh, again, the same thing. It really brings out the, the essence of the song. Uh, and, and to me, the original version is great, but this is just, I cannot imagine ever wanting to listen to the original version again once you hear the acoustic version of Everlong. Do they have an album of acoustic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Yep. I know you can see a bunch of their stuff, including that one I've seen. And and you're right. It's just, it's you know, when you're a talented, when you're truly talented, and I don't right. care what kind of music you play, but when you're truly talented, if you strip away the, and again, I like loud electric music. And I do too. But but um, if you strip it away, the song structure is going to remain the same, and it should exactly. be able to be enjoyed whether it's electric or electrified or not. Um, yep. and, and then I can't think, I think that really kind of, cause you can have some bands where it's like, oh, there's so much music nowadays is just so overproduced. Yeah. Um, not even human beings making it a lot of times. I mean, maybe the vocal and stuff like that, but you know, if you make something that's a real work of art, which is what music is, um, at its best and you strip it down to just the acoustic version of it, it the song structure remains, the greatness remains the same. You're just hearing it in a different way. Yeah. So. I, I think it amplifies it. I mean, like what you've said. That's before. ironic. And and all, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but damn it, I wish I'd meant to say that. Um, <laughs> but it, it, all ten of the artists, and and obviously hundreds more. Uh, that's the thing. I mean, they're talented, and to me, the talent really shines when you take away the production. Right. Uh, yeah. When the Carpenters made that metal album, they just didn't sound this good. You know. They didn't. They, they didn't. Uh, and we've talked about this before, the movie Cats, one of the worst movies of all time. And the worst thing about Cats is Jennifer Hudson has the big signature song and it's overproduced. And there are times when they manage to drown out Jennifer freaking <laughs> Hudson with the score. How do you do that? How do you do something so stupid? Just let her sing. Especially when it's a movie, a musical movie, then you should have people who know something about making music in charge. You would think. But yeah, you strip away the production and all that's left is all that's left is the artist and their message, and that's the right. beauty of, of acoustic versions of songs. Because most of those most songs, well, the majority of songs, probably even for Slipknot, don't start off as the band's <laughs> all together and we're doing this. It's Corey yeah. Taylor sitting with his acoustic guitar, figuring out which chords work best, and writing the words. Yeah. So. Exactly. I don't know. 
Anyway, that's our show. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Um, hopefully I'll remember next week not to uh, forget four times and during the show of what we're actually talking about on the show. Hopefully someone enjoyed it because I sure as hell didn't. Exactly. <laughs> like I, I really wish I was on a podcast right now. Oh, I'm on a podcast. Oh, that's, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> Talking about, um, about stripping things down to the truth. That's right. <laughs> yeah, if, if you do the acoustic version of this podcast, it's just silence, basically. So it's it's at its essence <laughs> it the should, best. <laughs> our best podcast ever. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. minutes of silence. Yay! <laughs> that's right. Pausing for dead air. Um, I uh, This is the best dead air they've, they've ever done. Seriously, I mean, it's fantastic. But I anyway. We'll, we'll, podcast, right? Pausing for dead air. If it's not, it's ours. Well, that's what we joked about I don't yeah. know, three years ago, whenever it was, two months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, three months, next, two years. Next week, we'll be back and we'll be talking about actual practice. Practice. So, see you next week. <laughs> Why are you the worst? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.